You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we are here with Brandon Miller from Prime Focus Goalkeeping. Now, if you've listened to this podcast or you know me at all, you know that I love goalkeeping. It's the position I played in college, and it's a position that's probably different than any position in sports, and I'm excited to learn more you know, from Brandon, but learn about how he's taken his passion and what he did in college into a career and it's fascinating now let's talk a little bit about being a goalkeeper let's say the game is 2-1 everything is riding on a penalty kick from your opponent you're the goalie you're the only one that can stop that attempt and you have the ability to secure that win for your team or you're going to go home or you're going to have a tie nobody wants that just imagine it can you feel the pressure are you up for it is that something that you would be excited about? I can tell you I loved it I loved it I loved looking at a at a striker and I just knew I was going to save it now it didn't always happen but it did happen a lot Now, our next guest is very familiar with that pressure and providing goalies with not only training, but the equipment to make those moments a little more bearable, but also give them the the, the ability to make those saves, train them, and give them the gear that they need to be successful. We're so excited to welcome Brandon Miller, who is the founder and owner of Prime Focus Goalkeeping right here in Charlotte. He has made it his mission to instill confidence in goalies on and off the field, and I'm excited to dive into this. I, I've had a lot of people on this podcast, but you're my first goalkeeper, so I'm pretty stoked about this. Brandon, thank you so much, and welcome to the Brand Builders Podcast. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm excited and really proud to be the first goalkeeper There we the go. And, uh, <laughs> Took me honest. five years. I did it. <laughs> I now, I'm not going to lie. I thought Kalina might be my first one, so we'll, we'll, we'll put Kalina here <laughs> in, in uh, a little bit we'll, little bit later, huh? We'll de- yeah, we'll definitely add him to the list. That's but right, no, yeah. I, I we'll start having, with you, yeah. love having a conversation about goalkeeping anytime, so, and I, I didn't know you were a former goalkeeper, so I, I love that as yeah. well. Well, clearly you like soccer, man, with that with that intro. Nah, it's I mean, it's a passion, I'll be honest. It's something I've done. You know, I started playing soccer when I was five years old, um, and, I, and I've been playing ever since. It's something I was good at, and, and I went from playing professionally to now doing it as a job uh, with my brand, Prime Focus Goalkeeping. I realized, you know, it's what I'm good at. It's what I understand. It's what I'm passionate about, and, you know, I'll talk about goalkeeping all day, and I figured – you know, I want to be able to transfer my knowledge uh, from my career. I, I had a, I had a pretty good career. I wasn't the, the best goalkeeper in the world, but I had a pretty good career. And I, I want to be able to transfer everything that I've learned throughout my career, hopefully uh, to my younger goalkeepers, and they can avoid some of the ups and downs that I had in my career. Ups and that. downs. God, the life of a goalkeeper, for sure. <laughs> Tell that. me, um, I always like to start really any conversation I have with goalkeepers. What in the hell made you want to be a goalkeeper? Because... I know why I wanted to be a goalkeeper, and my parents thought I was crazy. But I always want to know, when was that, you know, you start playing, and then maybe you might stand in goal when you're five or six years old. But for me, it was about seven years old. I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be a goalkeeper. And it took me a long time to actually get that opportunity because I was too small, and I had to play the field for a long time. But I do goalkeeper training on the side, and I was like, that's what I want to do. And I just kind of knew that from the age of seven. So tell me your story. When did it click, and when did you say, I'm going to be a goalkeeper. This is what I want. I wish I had a story that was as good as that um, <laughs> or like as motivating as that. Mine isn't. I, I simply did not like running. And I, to be perfectly honest. And it's not like it's not to be funny or anything. I, no. I genuinely like I, I didn't like running. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't I didn't have the fitness for it. I didn't have the desire to be fit and run for, you know, at that time, maybe 30 or 40 minutes or whatever it was. And so I was like, all right, well, let's try goalkeeper. And so I tried goalkeeper. I was actually 
pretty good at it. Um, at the time, I wasn't like super athletic, but as I got older, I started to get more athletic. And so like that was what made me stand out as a goalkeeper. But in the beginning, it was simply, I just don't want to run around the field. I remember being in like, I think it was like sixth grade and we used to have to do like three laps before practice. Uh, and we're not even talking about a big field, just like a little field around um, the goals. And I would be at the end, I would be struggling. I'd be like, you know, 30 yards behind everyone. And it just wasn't. It wasn't what I wanted to do, and I was like, I need to be in somewhere where I don't have to run. Yeah, that was my answer too. <laughs> <laughs> what's it? What's it feel like? Both of you guys were goalies, um, just to be getting fired at by, <clears throat> excuse me, by an opposing team, and there's, you know, you've got your defense in front of you, but they're only as good as they're going to be. They're, they're going to shoot at you, and all the pressure's on you. I mean, in that moment, what are you thinking about? Is it just the ball? Is, let's just stop that ball, or is there? other things going on in your mind or I think for me especially it's, it's different now when I'm as being older but when I was younger it was like I really enjoyed making a save like you said like like having that pressure and making that save and then you hear everybody on the sideline or you get the cheers from your teammates like I love that I love those moments um and it, it was tough when you obviously don't when you the miss save. there's <laughs> highs and lows exactly. there's, there, there are so many highs and lows as a goalkeeper and that's what I like I the big thing I try to instill with my goalkeepers now is like trying to be as even keel as possible because you're going to it there's it's impossible to go through a career and not make a mistake uh, I can I can give you highlights there's highlights online of, of the mistakes I made last season you know uh, but there's also plenty of highlights of me making great saves you know there's there's ups and downs and so I guess the big thing for me when I was younger was just like I enjoyed those moments of like you know at the after the game being like oh you had this great save or this great save like I, those were the moments that really built me up and I wanted to have more of those moments more like continually throughout my career yeah I, I agree with that I mean I guess I'll answer the question as well for me I just had this passion to to be on that stage, right? Like I just, the pressure of it, it was something that I, I welcomed. And I think it's helped me a lot in my career uh, and, and being a dad and being a husband where it, you know, you're not really gonna feel that in life ever again, right? I think maybe yeah. that was the hardest thing getting out of, of playing out of college and not playing at a higher level is where was I gonna get that emotion, right? Where was I gonna get that drive? Because there's nothing like a, a forward coming on a breakaway and you're the only one there. And for yeah. me, it was like, let's fucking go. Like, <laughs> I'm going to stop this ball. And I love that. Um, it's hard to find something like that in life after you get out of it. But that that was the whole thing for me. Now, I want to jump into your career. You, you played at UNCW. Tell me about what it was like not only getting you know that scholarship to go play in college, but then you got the opportunity to go play professional. Would love to, to kind of highlight kind of what your career was, and then we'll jump into prime focus. Well, I think it was, it was an interesting transition going into UNCW. Like in my youth career, I was you know in North Carolina. I wasn't like the top rated goalkeeper, but I was one of the better goalkeepers in North Carolina on my on my team. I was the guy, you know. And then you get to college, and you're competing against sophomores juniors seniors who have already been there you're not the guy anymore and yeah. that transition for me was really hard um freshman year was with the hardest year for me uh because I, I i remember going like first day of training i got there played really well and i was like this isn't that hard yeah i got this um and then that first game i didn't play and then that second game i didn't play and we weren't like extremely good and so i remember i think it was like the third or fourth game we lost like three nil against campbell I remember going back to my my dorm and I I remember I was crying. I was upset. I was like, if I can't play against a team that's trash, mm -hmm. like they weren't very good, um, you know, like 
when am I ever going to play? Like, what's, what am I going to do? Um, and I, and it was tough because I was on a team where we weren't very good. Other freshmen around me were playing, like my, my good friends, the ones I was living with, like, you know, they were, my right back's playing, my left back's playing. Everyone was playing, like maybe not starting, but getting some playing time, and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so that's a tough dynamic, you know, going from being the guy in youth soccer to college soccer, you're not the guy. And, and I went into a situation where I knew – um there was a freshman the year before me he was like their star guy um but i i've always just been confident in my abilities i feel like i can compete with anyone and so i went there um and i played 15 games my first three years and if to explain that a little bit you know you played 25 30 games a year so i only played 15 out of maybe like 50 60 games of the possible games i could have played and so that was really tough for me and especially when we started to get better where my sophomore year, we won conference. We went to the NCAA tournament. Like we were a really good team, and I still wasn't playing very much. And so, adjusting to that, adjusting to not being the guy, that that was a tough thing. And that's what it is as a goalkeeper, because as you know, there's there's one, there's four, three or four goalkeepers on a team, only one place. Mm-hmm. You know, and unless your coach rotates, you're not you know most likely not going to get a lot of playing time. And so that's something I you know have to get used to. I have to start swallowing my pride and figure out how to be a team player. Uh, I remember one conversation I had with my coach. My college coach called me into the office. This was um, the day before our conference championship game, and he was just like, you know, I was a really popular guy on the team. I mean, I, I, I tend to think I have a pretty good personality. People like me. Like, I was a popular guy on the team. And he, and he was like, your attitude and your aura and how you step into the locker room affects the guys around you. And you may not be playing. You may not be getting everything you want, at you know, right now. But you've got to realize how – your energy affects the team and how you can impact the team. You may not be able to impact the team on the field, but you can impact the team in other ways. And I remember after that conversation, my mentality completely shifted where I was like, you know, this, I'm, I'm not the guy right now, but uh, I, I need to figure out how to be a part of the team so that I can, you know, make a good impact. Um, and so that was, you know, that was my first three years. Unfortunately, you know, my senior year it didn't go as, as well as I, I wanted it to. My sophomore and junior year, we were really good. Then we lost 11 guys, um, brought in a bunch of freshmen, and, and, you know, we just weren't as good. Uh, I didn't perform as well. I was putting so much pressure, you know. I thought I, – I knew I wanted to play professionally. And my first three years, I didn't have a ton of game time. Uh, so I was like, this year's got to be the year. I got to play well. I got to do really well. And – you know, as I've learned over the years, when you put that type of pressure on yourself, a lot of times it doesn't go well. Um, and so I ended up having an, what I thought was an average year. I still ended up getting first team all conference. I, I, I ended up getting a number of awards, but I just didn't play as well as I thought. And so, you know, my transition into my professional career was one where I look back now and I wish I would have done things differently. But, you know, at the same time, I had a 10 year career. And so I'm, I can't really complain too much about, no, that's about that. Awesome. Yeah, the, the rear view mirror is always clearer than the windshield, yeah, right? Exactly. For sure. But it's cool how you pivoted into uh, your business now and you're able to kind of keep that whole drive and, and interest in soccer going. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I started my business in 2016. Uh, the main reason I started my business, there, well, there was two main reasons. Um, the first one was because in 2015, I had one of the best years any goalkeepers ever had in, in the USL. Uh, I won every major award. I, I won everything I could win. In individual awards, I won championship, I won everything. Uh, and then I went into 2016. Beginning of that year, I signed with uh, a large goalkeeper brand, West Coast 
goalkeeping mm-hmm. um, you may have heard of but uh, so they were my sponsor they were paying me they were sending me whatever I wanted um, but they weren't marketing me the way I wanted them to market me like I, I wanted to be the guy you know I wanted to be on the face of everything I wanted to be like the number one in their brand I wasn't the guy for them they had 20 other goalkeepers you know and so I remember going through that year they treated me really well but I just didn't have the marketing that I wanted and so I'm I'm like thinking about it and I'm like well how do I how, how can I do this how can I how can I get more marketing how can I build my brand more and so I was like well no one's going to be a bigger fan of you than you and no one's going to market you better than you and so I was like well why don't I just do it myself so I started to look into it but I also remembered like when I was younger I grew up with a single mom um, I have a sister, so she's a single mom uh, raising two kids. Didn't have a ton of money to, to go around. I don't know. I know you're, you've played soccer and you know how expensive your soccer can be, yeah. right? So um, it's tough to to raise two kids and then you know a kid who's playing soccer. And so I had, there were some decisions that had to be made a lot of times of like soccer equipment. You know, there's hundred dollar goalkeeper gloves or there's two for 40, you know, from a cheaper brand. And so oftentimes I, my mom had to make those tough decisions of like, you know, he wants the, the more expensive pair, the nicer pair, but you know, we just can't afford it. And so I wanted to figure out how I could build a brand that would bridge that gap, you know, where I can provide a quality goalkeeper glove where goalkeepers are going to love to design and feel confident in the gloves, but also their parents don't have to make those decisions. Like, Hey, you know, I can't really afford this one. Let's look at the cheaper option. And so that's what really sparked me to build the, the uh, goalkeeper brand. I mean, I've always, I went to UNCW, got a marketing degree, and I've always been interested in building things my, myself. And so I was like, you know, gamble on yourself. Let's see what we can do here. Uh, there's been a lot of ups and downs with that business as well. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, now that I'm, I'm full-time in it uh, and I feel really passionate and committed to it, like, I can see the growth and I'm excited about where it's going. Yeah, I'll jump into goalkeeper gloves being so expensive. I remember that having goalkeeper gloves, my father would tell me he would buy me one pair a season, right? And so it was my job to take care of them. And I can't tell you that I was the most organized person, but those goalkeeper gloves were my life. I took care of them before, after, washing them down, keeping them clean. I wanted those to last as long as possible. And I remember I was blessed to get a scholarship to go play at Georgia Southern. And when I showed up, it was unlimited gloves. It was, oh, you have a tear here? Here's a new pair. Here's a new $150 pair of gloves. And I was like, this is the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> I have gloves forever. This is awesome. But you're right. I mean, it's expensive. And now you look at the prices. I mean, I was in college from 03 to 07. And it was like $125 for Adidas finger save gloves back in the day. I remember that's what we were we were sponsored by. Now, they're like $150, $175. You're looking at like $200 for a yeah. pair of gloves. And what people don't realize is, is gloves are not like something that can last forever, right? They can go down real quick and it could just be the conditions that you play in. You know, you might have a brand new pair of gloves and you're playing in some nasty mud game and then all of a sudden they're ruined. Um, so that's really interesting. I love how you've, you've kind of bridged that gap and, and helped that out. Now tell us a little bit about the business. How did you get into creating your own line and your own gloves in addition to doing some of the training? I would love to see how you said, you know what, I'm gonna make my own gloves. Well, honestly, one of, so in 2016, I played out in Orange County. One of my uh, other teammates, the goalkeeper then, he was actually manufacturing his own gloves because he just couldn't find a sponsor. 
Uh, and I, I remember thinking like, that's, that's pretty dope. Like, I, I, that's like, cool that. I like that idea. And yeah. so I actually did a little research, a little stalking on his, uh, on his Instagram, found his manufacturer and just like reached out to his manufacturer and like threw some designs out there and was like, Hey, you know, could I get this done? Um, and so that's kind of how it started. I didn't do a ton of research into manufacturers and everything. I've done a lot more over the past six years, uh, obviously, but that's kind of how it got started where, it, you know, he sparked the idea and I kind of figured out like how I can turn it into a business. How has uh, COVID and supply chain and all of that affected that side of the business? I think in terms of supply chain, uh, I mean, it's it's always tough to communicate with manufacturers overseas in the first place. Um, COVID, I'd really tried to structure my orders to where like, you know, it's one or two a year as opposed to having to consistently rely on it. And so when COVID hit, everything shut down, training wasn't really happening. So like, you know, as you said, goalkeepers need gloves like every three months. And so if they're not using the gloves, they don't really need gloves. So that really impacted sales at that time in terms of goalkeeper gloves. So a lot of the business then shifted to training uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, if goalkeepers don't really need gloves because they're not using them as much, like how can I then still augment, uh, you know, my revenue by, you know, increasing training. And so that was uh, during COVID, a lot of it was, you know, figuring out how to get goalkeepers together and, and you know, improve their goalkeeper skills. But um, in terms of manufacturing, I've always just had trouble communicating <laughs> right. with manufacturers. That's, um, that's I'm, challenging, you know, man, when you have a product. Yeah. You're importing, you know. It's just it's it's the language barrier, uh, time difference. Um, you know, like I'm I'm talking with my manufacturer right now. I'm getting a new manufacturer right now, and and you know just trying to make sure the quality is the same, the designs are the same, putting out new designs. Like it's it's a long process, but um, you know when you work, when you find a good manufacturer, you got to stick with them. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. So I want to talk a little bit about the training aspect of it because, you know, being a goalkeeper myself, you have to have specialized training in that and you have to be committed to it. And this is going to be a eight, 10 year process until you're really going to get to where you want to be. Tell me about how you kind of created that training session. Why is, is, is your training a little bit different than others? And have you seen kind of a growth now with soccer being way more popular now than it was when we played? where there are younger kids that are wanting to get into it that maybe want to be more specialized in goalkeeping at a younger age. Tell us kind of how that training works and, and how people could be interested in that and how they can, can do that. Yeah, it's interesting um, because the, the, the word you said that really meant the most to me was committed, right? You have to be committed to it. Um, I was just having this conversation in the car with my partner. I heard a quote the other day um, from Denzel, and he was like, you'll get good at anything if you practice it long enough. And he was talking about, you know, actually talking about like negatively about like lying and deceit in the news and whatever. But, um, you know, I take that quote and I look at it with with goalkeeping. You're not going to get better as a goalkeeper if you're sporadic with it, if you're just training every now and then. And so like that's the big thing for me with the goalkeepers that I work with. Like you talk about the younger goalkeepers that want to get involved in it and want to get specialized and I tell parents all the time like I don't really want your goalkeeper to be specialized mm-hmm. I don't want your nine-year-old to be you know doing goalkeeper training twice a week and only working on goalkeeper training because it, it's not going to be beneficial for them in the long run they're going to get burnt out they're not really they're not really going to love it they're doing it because you want them to do it they're not doing it because they want to do it um, but in terms of like my goalkeeper training being different I think the main thing for me is I, I bring a totally different perspective uh, I think there's very few goalkeeper coaches in this 
city or in you know in the country that can bring the perspective that I have in terms of playing professionally playing at the college level I've been in every single position as a goalkeeper I've been a number three where I didn't get any playing time I've been a backup where I felt like I was better than the number one and my teammates felt like I was better than number one but I wasn't playing Um, I've been a starter and and been you know extremely good and and had great seasons I've been a starter where I was struggling and probably should have been dropped you know I've been in I've, I've experienced everything as a goalkeeper and I've played, I've trained with some of the best goalkeeper coaches in the country, some of the best goalkeepers in the country. Um, and I just, I have soaked up so much knowledge. Like my, my goalkeeper training isn't focused on you making bottom corner saves or, or flying into the top corner. Uh, I'm not worried about that. You know, I'm worried about how you can consistently be good because that's what gets you to the next level is consistently being very good. Uh, and I'm not worried about you excelling in one game and then, you know, struggling in another game. I want you to be consistent. And so uh, I want to touch on the mental aspect. I want to touch on the physical aspect. I want to touch on every single aspect of goalkeeping. And, and too many times goalkeeper coaches are too worried about, you know, like just making saves or, you know, just being flashy or looking good. And I'm, I'm not so much worried about that. I want to touch on every single aspect of goalkeeping because that's really the development. It's it's as much as I want to develop goalkeepers, I want to develop good people and and. There's so many different building relationships with goalkeepers is really what what it's about for me uh, because most of these goalkeepers aren't going to play professionally. I know mm-hmm. that they pro- they don't know that maybe their parents probably know that, but like yeah. most of them know they're not going to play professionally. I want them to get to the highest level possible, and I'm going to do everything I can to get them there. But you know, it's more so about building the relationships and building them up as people. Yeah, I love it. You mentioned not only commitment, but you talked about a lot of goalkeeper trainers will just focus on the saves and the saves are great, right? But what I look at it from a goalkeeper standpoint is you're the the chess master, right? Your attitude, the way that you talk to your team, you have the position and the ability to set yourself up to make a save. You also have the ability to set your team up where they might not even get a shot. You know, my goal, I'm sitting here going, I don't need to make any saves if I communicate the right way. So the reality of it is it's more about being that leader on the field, being somebody that can be the eyes for everybody, and then putting yourself in a position to be able to make that save when you have to. Like you said, a lot of people want to put the, I see these Instagram videos all the time now. These kids are like, yeah, I'm a goalkeeper, and they just throw the ball up in the corner and they go flying. I'm like, that's fantastic. That's irrelevant in the real life of, of soccer, right? Like you might make a save like that, and I'm sure you've made a ton of those, but at the same time, your ability to really take control of your team, put them in the right position, enables you to make those saves, enables you to make your job a lot easier. So I like how you have that that different type of approach. I do want to talk to you about not being committed into one um, one aspect when you're really young. I love that, right? Now, I personally knew I wanted to be a goalkeeper, right? Like, it wasn't my parents, it was me. I literally had to, like, beg them. I'm like, I need goalkeeper training. I want goalkeeper training. But at the same time, I played a lot of other sports, right? I played basketball. I played tennis. I was a swimmer. I was I was actually a runner, uh, which you hate running. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that helped me out throughout that. So tell me kind of if you were looking right now at, like, a 9-, 10-year-old, what is kind of the timeline for parents that maybe they want to get their kid into goalkeeping, maybe their kid wants to be a goalkeeper, to really not let them get burned out? And then when do they really need to push on the gas? I guess, do you have kind of like a timeline of how you would tell parents to focus on that? And when do they really need to be committed? Is it 15? Is it 16? If it, it, When is that time where they go, this is what I want to do? And then you go, okay, well, if you want to do it, this is what we got to do. Yeah, I, and it's it's tough. It's, it's so individual. Like right. I, it, I don't think that there's a timeline. I have... I have a goalkeeper that I've been working with for three years now, and you know, I knew from having conversations with her, you know, first month, first few months, you know, over a year, like 
this is what she wanted to do, right? She wants to play in college. She wants to be one of the top goalkeepers. She wants to develop. I won't, I can, I can tell from the first session whether a goalkeeper wants to be there or whether the goalkeeper is, it's like their parents have put them there. 100%. Right? So like I'm, if I, you know, when I get that vibe, I'm going to have the conversation with the parent. Like they're, they're like, Hey, how often do you think we should train? It's up to the, it's up to the goalkeeper, right? So I have another goalkeeper who is a multi-sport athlete. He's, you know, very good at baseball, very good at basketball, very good, starting to get better as a goalkeeper. Uh, and he just didn't want to specialize. And now in his senior year, now he's getting interest from colleges. Now he's starting to to start to specialize and get more goalkeeper training, things like that. I'm not going to push. I saw the potential from the beginning, but I, I started working with him as a sophomore. I'm not going to push you and be like, hey, you really need to. You really, if this is not what you want to do, that's perfectly fine, right? I want to work with the goalkeepers. I'm gonna I'm gonna help you when I can, but I'm, I want to work with the goalkeepers who want to focus on this. But I'm never going to force it on you. I, I just don't think that's how you. I think that's how you build, uh, you know, players who get to college and then realize yeah, this isn't really what I want to do and, and start to be resentful. And, and then that's how you get kids who are burned out and quit after one or two years. And and, and it's just not something that I'm really interested in being a part of. Yeah, you're right on that. I mean, I remember when I went to college, we had 14 freshmen. And three of us graduated and played all of our years. Same. Three. And yeah. and I probably had eight kids quit after their freshman year. Two of them were starters. And it was just because they were completely burned out. They they didn't love it. And when you go to college, you better love it. You, yeah. you got 5 a.m. Wait, you ready? You know, like, I mean, you got to love it. So that's pretty interesting. Tell me about, um, you know, with your training right now, are there multiple coaches? How does that look? And if there are parents that are interested in that, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you specifically uh, and, and, you know, what are the age groups? Tell us a little bit about how that program works and, and, and how that all looks. So we started to structure it a little bit more because, uh, you know, the, a lot of the feedback I got was like having consistency with goalkeeper training. And, and so like you can go on the website, primefocusgoalkeeping.com. We've got a, a booking calendar that has a lot of the availability. We do have multiple goalkeeper coaches and we'll occasionally have like some of the Charlotte FC goalkeepers uh, come in and, and run sessions. We'll occasionally have some of the Charlotte Independence goalkeepers come in and run sessions. Um, but right now, now we've got a goalkeeping academy that is 13 to 18 years old uh, and so we run that on Friday nights and we're going to launch a pre-academy in October that's going to be ages probably eight to nine or eight between eight and nine to 12 right so we want to touch the younger ages as well and um, so I've got a number of uh, younger goalkeeper coaches who've, who've gotten good experience and you know I'm working with them to help them develop their goalkeeper coaching skills and um, I think that it's 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 a good mesh of like experience and 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 knowledge that you know you not you don't always want to hear from the older guy who's telling you like uh, you know back in my day you know so right. sometimes you want to be you want to have the coaches who are a little bit more relatable so having some of these younger guys who are in college or are just out of college and and but have some good experience in coaching I think that's important to to have in that environment as well so you know in in terms of getting in contact with me like the website's great you can go on the website and and fill out the contact form or you know you talk about social media we're on social media a lot i i, I try to be a bit different on social media than a lot of these social media goalkeepers or goalkeeper coaches um but i'm i'm, I'm available you know whether it's a dm uh, commenting on a video or something like that like i respond to pretty much everything so um uh, yeah we i mean building the academy right now is the big focus i want to i want to build an environment where a lot of the top goalkeepers in the city are working with each other competing against each other but most importantly like 
pushing and, 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 and growing with each other and supporting each other. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, the goalkeepers union goalkeeping environment is huge. I remember when I was most successful that 2015 year I had my backup goalkeeper was my biggest fan. Um, even on days where I was just like, I <laughs> was like bad. Yeah. And he was my <laughs> biggest fan. And I think, <clears throat> I think that was the biggest reason why I was successful that year is because I didn't have a goalkeeper behind me who was like trying to, he wanted to play, right? But he wasn't like, you know, trying to take my job. And, and like every single time I made a mistake, like, you know, pointing that out. And like he was my biggest fan. I think I th- those are the things that I really want to instill in goalkeepers is like we're competing all the time, you know, when you're, you're competing with that other goalkeeper. But at the same time, you, you got to support him because I know when I make mistakes, when I used to make mistakes during my career, I needed support, right? And so, like, that's the biggest thing. That's the environment I want to create. And uh, we have that right now in a small group. I want to build a, a bigger one throughout the city. What would you say are your biggest challenges these days, uh, just with business and training in general? Biggest challenges, uh, manufacturing is uh, one of the one of the big ones. Um, the biggest challenge I find is is managing my time, and so right now I have I have I'm looking for an intern. I just had three interviews yesterday. Um, we're we're um, continuing to have more interviews because like as you all know, like content building content managing a business um having training sessions doing all that like booking fields doing doing a bunch of these different things like it takes up a lot of time right so my day is pretty structured but at the same time i still feel like i don't get enough done in a day (laughs) you know so build right now (laughs) you are not alone (laughs) right now the big thing is is finding um you know i i i've learned throughout the past six years i know what i'm good at um and I know what I'm not good at. And so finding the people who can help me to get better at what I'm not good at and maybe take that load, um, I think that's what is the biggest challenge for me right now is because I'm, I'm one of those people I feel like I'm, I feel like I am, I can be good at everything yeah. uh, if I just put a little time into it. But in, in, when, you're own, when you own and you manage a business, like you, you literally just can't touch everything, right? And if you wanted to get it to the point, scale it to the point where it is, you know, a viable business, like you just can't you can't manage or you can't touch everything and so i'm hoping to find a really good intern that can help me with a lot of the content management um and some of the smaller tasks that i just don't need to be doing on a daily basis that way i can focus on you know building up the goalkeeping academy um you know managing the website stuff and 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 some of the other uh product issues that we may have you know so you mentioned charlotte fc and um i was thrilled when they announced that they were gonna have a team right i just thought that was so cool i'm like man my kid's gonna get to grow up watching professional soccer right like right here i never got that opportunity i remember in 1998 i literally saved every single world cup game on a vcr <laughs> and i had it in a box <laughs> and i would watch these games over and over and over do and you over still again. have that box uh, i'm sure my mom does i do not have the box but but that was the first really ability for me to see goalkeepers at a high level. And I learned a lot more about positioning. I, I was shocked in 98 how far they came out of their line. I was like, we're leaving the box? Like, what are we doing over here? <laughs> you know, but it, it taught me that I had to be better with my feet. I had to be better with communication. And to see that at the high level was amazing. Now kids have the ability to watch the best players in the world, not here in Charlotte, but the best players in the world on TV. But you also have a home team that you can go um, and, and see, and I know my four-year-old is obsessed with it. We got the ability to go out to a practice um, with Charlotte FC, 
and we spent four hours with them. And I remember George Marks came over, one of the nicest guys I've ever met, and let Graham try on his goalie gloves. And we have all these awesome pictures, and Graham's just standing there with his goalie gloves. I'm over here about to cry. I'm like, my four-year-old is going to be a goalkeeper. Let's go. <laughs> but tell us about how Charlotte FC is as either – you know, gotten in touch with you. You mentioned that a couple of those keepers had gone out there. Have you had a connection with Charlotte FC? Have you seen maybe a growth um, in the area since Charlotte FC has gotten here? And I mean, some of the has Kalina been out there? George Marks? Like, what is uh, what is that relationship, or do we need to form that relationship? Oh no, I, I, Charlotte FC has definitely um, you know cultivated a great soccer environment in Charlotte. I, I think what they've done, how they started. Um, and and really went into the communities and, and connected with the communities. I think it's been great. And and I've been out to a number of games and uh, been able to go on the field after the games. And like the environment at the games is it, it shocked me. I remember my first game. I sat there and I was like, I didn't I didn't think it was going to be like this. So awesome. Um, but I I played with some of those guys. Awesome. Um, so you know I played with Brant and Fuchs and, and Adam Armour uh, last year. And then I've played against a number of those guys. So like Adrian Zendeas, who's one of the goalkeepers. Uh, for the team I played against him for you know the past six seven years in the USL and so knew him a little bit I've reached out to him and you know he's in the city so he's he's been out to a session or two I've spoken with George Marks spoke to him a couple weeks ago uh, about getting him out to some sessions as well because the funny story about George Marks I I had I don't follow cod soccer a lot um, watched a little bit of the NCAA tournament, saw Clemson won the national championship. One day I was out coaching at a park in South Charlotte, and I saw some college guys. They were wearing some Clemson gear, but they were just doing their own training session. And I saw a goalkeeper in goal, and this was in early January, so right before Charlotte FC started preseason. And I saw a goalkeeper in goal, and I'm doing my session, but I kept looking over, and, and it was just save after save after save. And and these, I'm like some imp- very impressive saves, and I was like, "Who is this kid?" <laughs> <Right>. And um, <laughs> you know, I, I I walked over a little bit and saw he's wearing the Clemson gear. Did a little research, saw it was George Marks, and then you know, a week later they're in preseason, and then you know, I'm talking to Brand a little bit, I'm talking to Adam a little bit, and they you know they're really impressed by you know this uh, George Marks kid. And I think you know I haven't talked to George a ton, um, and I will over the next few months. You know, hopefully getting him out to sessions and, and getting him involved a little bit more. But I've heard great things. I hear he's a great kid I hear like, here's an incredible goalkeeper I mean, he's done well he's you know the number two goalkeeper uh, his fr- rookie year in MLS uh, and in front of some very impressive goalkeepers who have a lot of experience and so uh, I'm excited to you know get to know him a little bit more and and hopefully get him out the sessions and have him share that experience with with goalkeepers I think that's the the biggest thing is 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 getting younger goalkeepers to hear these stories of like how George Marks got to where he is or you know how Zendayas who's been in USL has been in MLS and has had a, had a good career and, and played in some big games and like you know how they've gotten to that point because you know a lot of a lot of goalkeepers a lot of young goalkeepers think it's just like you know an easy journey you know it just you go from youth soccer you go from playing ecnl or the development academy to a division one college and you play all four years and you do really well and then you make it to the professional ranks and and you know you're now a starter there and that's just not how most goalkeepers journeys are you know i look at um, I watched one of my former teammates, actually the, you know, the goalkeeper I talked about in Orange County, who had the um, he was manufacturing his own goalkeeper gloves. I watched him on TV um, yesterday, or no, on Wednesday, play against Lionel Messi, Neymar, and um, Mbappe. You know, and he was a kid who 
came out of uh, Division two college. He got cut from um, a USL team. Like he was a backup. He was my backup in 2016, and now he's playing against some of the best players in the world. Right, the journey is is different for everyone. And I it, so being able to hear from a George Marks is in Day House, hopefully a Kalina at some point. You know, those are the big things that hopefully kids will start to take in and, and realize like when I have this this bad moment like it's not the end of the world it's not going to ruin my career uh, I just got to keep keep working well I think we've made yeah. it as goalkeepers because you can't even buy a Kalina jersey anywhere it's like the hottest <laughs> thing in the show <laughs> my kid's been asking me for I'm like bro we don't got them all right they're those things sell out in like two seconds uh, but that's pretty cool. I, you know, you mentioned about the journey, and I, I want to tell a, a quick story on on, on my side of, of, of how that journey kind of looked. I remember throughout my entire career, I was the guy, right, until I got to college. And I'm a short goalkeeper. I'm five foot ten. I didn't get looked at by Division One. The only school that gave me a scholarship was Georgia Southern. So it was going to be D2, D3, and really just all of everything aligned. I saved a penalty kick when the, the one game that they came and watched me, we, we advanced to the State Cup Finals, then I'm in my mom's Windstar minivan driving home, and I got offered a scholarship. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is real. But then I showed up to college, and we had five goalkeepers. And I walk in there and they say, all right, goalkeepers, stand up. And I stood up. And they're dudes with beards, right? Like, I didn't have any facial hair. And they all started laughing because, like, I'm the short guy. And I was like, I'm going to fuck y'all up, right? <laughs> so the first practice, I remember, I was good because I was quick. I could read the ball and I, I, was, I had no fear, right? I, I would be on your foot if you, if you made it a half a step too much, I was going to get the ball. And I just started laying people out. And they're like, this kid is crazy, right? So I become the third goalkeeper third string goalkeeper out of five and we go play duke our first game we had a senior goalkeeper first 15 minutes uh, actually against nc state he gets a red card so then this backup goalkeeper comes in we end up losing that game 2-1 and then we play duke two days later our backup goalkeeper who's also uh he was a redshirt freshman starts playing and then he gets knocked in the head i thought i was just going to to, to see what college soccer was about i didn't think i was going to be playing against freaking duke my first week in college soccer for the first time in my life when i put on those gloves and i was standing at the line I was scared as hell. I, I, I had so much pressure on myself, like, I have to do good, I have to do good, I have to do good. And I'd never had that pressure ever before, ever. It was always like, I want that ball to come here because I know I'm going to save it. At that moment, I was like, I don't want the ball to get anywhere close to me, right. right? And for the grace of God, I didn't get in that game, right? I stood there, and then, you know, back then, they didn't have really concussion protocol. Adam woke up, and then they were like, he's going <laughs> to stay in the game. Don't so, in. <laughs> so I got to get redshirted, which was the best thing, because then I had four more years of eligibility. And, and I, I started my first game against App State the next year at their football field, uh, which they have college game day come to and whatnot. And um, I was playing in the black end zone. And anytime I played, people were like, this kid's short, like we're gonna shoot it. So they just shot the ball from midfield. And this was a great <laughs> shot. And I'm backing up and my, I, I, I thought I was gonna faint. Just like, I'm like, I'm gonna get scored on in the first five seconds of a game and never from play midfield. again. <laughs> and I remember backing up and I, and I jumped up. I was so amped up. I jumped up and the back of my arms hit the crossbar and, and had the ball and then it dropped right in front of me. And I remember when I picked it up, I could just feel my heart going like this with the ball, right? It was the craziest moment of my life. But but from then in college, I felt like I had more pressure on myself than I ever did before. And I actually had to go and, and, and work with our, um, not therapist, but our, our sports psychologist on, on controlling that, right? Because the last thing you need as a goalkeeper is to be scared or to be nervous. But I never felt those emotions before. Before it was like, I'm the man, I'm going to save everything. And so when you talk a lot about the emotions of the ups and downs, I mean, goalkeepers go through it all. And I think you creating a program that, that analyzes that and, and, and attacks that at the beginning is fantastic. So I don't have a question. I'm just telling you that's kind of my story. And I wish I had 
a goalkeeper training when I grew up that was more focused on that aspect of it instead of no two balls, you know, no two balls. I remember my goalkeeper trainer, if you drop the ball, you just punt it across the field and you have to go get it. I was terrified to drop the ball. I don't think I dropped a ball in like two years. <laughs> I was like, I'm not parrying anything. I'm catching everything. But I love that approach. So tell me, you know, moving forward with um, with your career and, and or with your, your company, are, are you kind of taking this a two two strides? One's going to be more of the manufacturing side. How can we continue to get your gloves, you know, to people, and then also from the training aspect? And where do you envision this going in the next three to five years? Yeah, I mean, I kind of want to mesh the two. You know, I want to I want to continue training goalkeepers because I do feel like I that's what I'm good at. That's what I that's what I understand very well. Uh, and you know, I've gotten a lot of business experience over the past. 10 years um, working with other people's businesses and working with my own uh, and I want to continue to develop that I'm in school right now getting my MBA in business entrepreneurship you know I felt like that was going to be beneficial for my business as well but you know the goal is to continue to build the brand and build it in a way where it's it's synonymous with goalkeeper training but also with goalkeeper gloves goalkeeper apparel Um, we're working on expanding our apparel line as well right now Uh, and so you know in the next three to five years I want to build up the academy to to the point where it's one of the top academies in the country. You know, we've got, you know, 20 to 30 goalkeepers on a consistent basis. And we're working, you've, you're working in an environment where you're working with some of the top goalkeeper coaches in, in, in the city and you're, you're getting the experience that you need while also hopefully wearing prime focus goalkeeping gloves. I love know? it. <laughs> how much are your gloves? Just curious. I, I mean, we mentioned how expensive gloves are and I'm sure you kind of have some tiers, but tell us about like the pricing on that aspect. Cause I'm I have no idea. Yeah, so we have we have different tiers. So right now we're we're um, about to launch a, our lowest price glove, which will be around the twenty five dollar range, and that's awesome. going to be more so for our younger goalkeepers who are just getting started. Because you know, no nine year old parent <laughs> wants to buy a hundred dollar pair of gloves. Uh, they don't even want to buy a sixty dollar pair of gloves. Right. Um, but you know, then and then we go tiers from like we've got gloves at forty five dollars. We got gloves at you know around 50 55 and i think our highest price club right now is, is 65 dollars um but uh, i really just want to be able to reach as many goalkeepers as possible and provide them with the equipment necessary and so that's why i felt like it was important to you know get a lower price glove where the younger goalkeepers can you know just get interested in the game get started in the game and, and realize hey maybe i do really like this I, I like these gloves and hopefully you know i'll build up through the year like at 13 14 years old maybe i start to step up to you know a different type of glove that has um you know a l- little bit different qualities and and can but we'll still give them the confidence to perform you know i love it so i got i gotta ask you a personal question here who who's going to be our goalkeeper in the world cup for the usa who, who's who going need, to be our goalkeeper? who needs to be the, i mean we got three right now brandon miller Brandon Miller, yeah. Brandon Miller does not I, yeah. need to. <laughs> we will I, not win the World Cup. Yeah, I've not, yeah. not touched him. Yeah, not, he not. Made, made a save in, in probably a year. Yeah. But, um, no, to answer that question, yeah. I think it's a, it's a tough one right now because Zach Steffen is at Middlesbrough and injured and not exactly playing well right now. Matt Turner's a backup at Arsenal playing in, you know, uh, Europa League, but not playing in the league. Um, you got a guy like Sean Johnson, who is a very good goalkeeper, but has never really been the guy for the national team. Um, I mean, he's the guy for NYCFC. Um, Ethan Horvath, who's playing well, but um, you know, has never really again been the guy. And then, I mean, even but, and I look at you know my former teammate Josh Cohen. He's playing in the Champions League right now. Um, an American goalkeeper, 30 years old, has a good amount of experience now, but. He's never been in the national team picture and has never, you know, uh, had that opportunity. So it's like, 
Who's going to be the guy? I think Matt Turner is going to be the starter. I think he's he's going to get enough games over the next two months in the Europa League and hopefully some in Cup games and and maybe in the Premier League to, you know, solidify his place. I think you know his story is crazy. I actually interviewed him for for my podcast, uh, my goalkeeping podcast, and and his story is 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 one of the most inspiring ones I've ever heard. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's interesting it because we've we've been a, a nation of goalkeepers, right? It was right. the one consistent thing or the one constant that we had going into a world cup is we're going to have one of the best goalkeepers in the world it was like a given now the rest of the players who knows <laughs> now it's like the opposite we got we got all these players in champions league we got players that are starting for some of the best clubs in the world and now it's like who the hell is going to be our goalkeeper so yeah. it's uh it's a very interesting thing that uh, that happens well brandon this has been awesome man i um i can't wait to learn more about it I, i'd love to bring you know, my son out to a training session just to be able to see it, you know, maybe throw the gloves back on again, which I actually put them on a week ago because I just started coaching his team and I, I didn't need to. My wife's like, what are you doing? I was like, I just wanted to feel what they felt like. I haven't put them on in like a year. This is, And I just was looking at them and it was like five minutes of just like, dun, 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 like every emotion and memory of it. And it was crazy. It was a weird, it was a weird time, but I don't know. There's something about putting goalkeeper gloves on. If you do it your whole life, it's, I don't know, it's exciting. Some no. people are probably like, this kid's crazy. Putting yeah. on gloves is nothing, but it is. So um, this is awesome. Well, Brandon, again, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you? The best way people can contact me, go to the website, www.primefocusgoalkeeping.com, or you can find us on social media at primefocusgk. I also have personal social media, so whether it's Instagram, um, Twitter, Facebook, you can reach out to me there. I'm, I'm pretty responsive on pretty much everything. Uh, so, yeah, reach out. I mean, whether it's about goalkeeper gloves, goalkeeper. I have goalkeepers just, you know, slide in our DMs on, on uh, for our account all the time asking just advice, you know, how to handle certain things, how to handle mistakes or pressure, things like that. And I, I'm, I respond to those all the time because, I, you know, I just want to be able to, to pass that advice along, you know, so reach out it. anytime. And I'm always here. We're going to we're working on some free clinics as well. So you want to get your son out there. Hopefully yeah, we, we'll get those. My wife would kill me if I started training him now, but I want him just to see it. it he yeah. he just he loves the sport. I mean, going to the games, he's so excited. His whole room, Charlotte FC, he, he just is he loves it. Um, and so uh, I guess my last question is football or soccer? <laughs> Uh, I actually have a shirt that says it's called soccer. <laughs> and it was, I bought it because it was like a, a fan fundraiser. Um, I, one of my best friends, a couple of my best friends are from Europe. One of my best friends from Newcastle, the other one's from Scotland. So I call it football with them. I call it, so I, I yeah. I'm going to go soccer because I am from Charlotte. There you and, go. And so. It's funny go. with Leeds and everything that they're doing there. Everyone's saying it's now soccer and all <laughs> yeah. that stuff is so funny. <laughs> Um, well, that's awesome. Well, Brandon, this has been uh, been been awesome, man. I, I obviously have a passion for this. It's something that that formed really who I am as an individual, and I love that you've been able to take that passion and turn this into a career. Not only offering goalkeeper gloves for for kids and for and for players, um, but also adding a different twist to the training and and really focusing more on the mental side of it. But really, it's it's the whole overall viewpoint of what a goalkeeper needs to be. Right? It's not just making saves. It's a lot of things. And I think that's awesome, especially for the city. I think we're blessed to have somebody that's so focused on that. Um, and and who knows, man? Maybe in the future, you know, you'll uh, you'll you'll be able to say that you you had a a goalkeeper that, that made it to the prem or, or made it to the MLS or wherever. Absolutely. And uh, and I'm sure that will happen. But thank you so much. Like we always say, please like, share, uh, follow. 
Um, go on Instagram, check this out. If you're interested, you can reach out to me, reach out to Brandon. We'll get you in touch with them. And uh, and this has been awesome, man. We're blessed to have somebody uh, like you in our city, man. It's so cool to uh, share your story. Hey, I appreciate you all having me. It was a great time, and, and I definitely look forward to seeing how you guys continue to build the podcast. I want to say congratulations on, on the number of episodes you've done, the success you've had with the podcast. I was watching TikTok the other day about, uh, I think, like 90% of podcasts stop before episode 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, you guys are... The, the the level that you guys have reached is is incredible. So thank commend you. you on that. Thank well, we got to say it's all it's our team, Well Run Media and Yash and Melissa and DC. We just have to talk. So they've they've, they've given <laughs> they've given us uh, the pleasure. And if you want to start a podcast, I, I got some people that can help you yeah. do that too. Well, we're honored you're here, man. What a great story, and uh, we wish you great success. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Going forward, awesome. Until next time, you've been listening to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.